0: a Dr. Clinton Leo Greenstone. He's an executive director, clinical integration, office of community care, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. So we have a, a very special official here today who is actually uh, doing a great things for our veterans uh, across the country. And today's discussion is coronavirus vaccines, safety, efficacy, and implications of clinical usage. Very good. This is one of those subjects that's near and dear to my heart. It's on every station. So I'm so glad to have you here, Dr. Greenstone, uh, to discuss this issue. How are you doing today?
1: Doing well. Thank you very much. Hope you can hear me
0: okay. Doing very well. (laughs) Excellent. So tell, tell us about this coronavirus. You know, everyone is calling it. We have some people calling it, uh, previously calling it the Kung flu and all kinds of other things. But, <laughs> but we need to redefine this virus in modern times. So tell us about it and what these vaccines do, why it's important to get
1: vaccinated. Yeah, I think this is, a, you know, this is a historic time for us in this country. You know, uh, we've been a little over a year into this uh, pandemic from this virus. And, uh, you know, we have learned just a tremendous amount over this last year in terms of what this virus is, what it can do, um, how we uh, struggle with trying to find good, effective treatments. And that's why so much energy has been placed into creating and developing the vaccines. And we're seeing a new vaccine just came on the market here uh, that 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 had not approval, but emergency use authorization by the FDA. And that's the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Um, and that's really important for us because, um, you know, the, the Johnson Johnson vaccine is a one dose vaccine. Yes. Um, additionally, it, it, it can stay at refrigerator temperatures for, for a month. Mm-hmm. So it really helps with the supply chain and the distribution. And that's especially important, you know, on uh, the VA, we have a not unfortunately insignificant number of homeless veterans. And sometimes it's tough to get them in for two shots, right? Uh, we have a lot of uh, you know veterans who may have a hard time coming in, and so if we can get that one shot in, um, it can actually increase significantly uh, the number of people who have a full level of vaccination. So uh, that's a really important point about uh, about this Johnson and Johnson vaccine.
0: Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, and, and it's really it's been shown to be safe and effective, and you know about eighty four percent. I think it was uh, preventing severe disease, and you know going into an intensive care unit, exactly the place you don't right. want to go, <laughs> right? And. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so this this is really very incredible. So, you know, one of the things, too, I've been hearing about, and I've been talking about this for months, is uh, this Tuskegee study. But, you know, what happened with that study from 1932 to 1972? It was 40-year time period. They never vaccinated anyone with syphilis. Some people are giving misinformation about that. That's correct. They, they diagnosed people with syphilis and then didn't treat them with penicillin. So wouldn't this be the same thing if we didn't give uh, people the vaccination the you know access to that we will watch the unnatural unfolding of COVID-19 you would get the disease and know, uh, you know you know you have a safe and effective prevention mechanism just like the penicillin that could treat syphilis it could eradicate the problems down the road so uh, we don't want to recapitulate the Tuskegee study by not vaccinating people
1: that's an interesting way of looking at it but you're absolutely positively correct you know um Mm -hmm. that study unfortunately it started before penicillin was available right so people were trying to learn the natural history of syphilis so people got it naturally it wasn't given Mm -hmm. to anyone but unfortunately this is what was so troubling was that when people did have access to penicillin it was not given right Right. it was not given and because we have effective vaccines and i think it's so important for people to really understand just the point that you made was that that 84 percent of the people who got this vaccine did not get severe disease ending up in the hospital and mm. zero deaths. Right. All so right. None of the people who got right. the vaccine died. So the main reason for this vaccine is to try and prevent people from getting very sick and from dying. And so don't be afraid that oh, this vaccine isn't as good as the, the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine. No, no, no. This vaccine prevented just what we wanted it to do, people from getting extremely sick and hospitalized on ventilators and people from dying. So that is critically important for people to recognize because I've heard people say, well, I'm, I'm not going to take the Johnson & Johnson. I'm going I'm to take the Pfizer because it it's 95%. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, are talking the efficacy is very, very similar yes. at, at preventing what we really care about, which is severe disease and death. So you make a super point there, Dr. Arnold.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, that's a fantastic point. You know, back on February 28th, I was watching the mall with all the candles and the luminaries, you know, with the reflection pool and, you know, the you know, Washington Monument. And w- one of the things I thought about, and I just did this one quick calculation, and I, we had about 502,000 deaths at that point. And I said, what would have happened if we had this vaccine in December of 2019 and people got <laughs> vaccinated in the first month or two? And when I calculated Perfect. the efficacy of the vaccines against, uh, the, you know, that number of people who died, I came up with 467,800 people would have been saved.
1: Saved.
0: <laughs> and 25, we yeah. would have had a death toll of about 25,000, but we may not even have had that since what you were saying is, is that none of those people died who had received that vaccine. So right. you know, going forward with all these, I know not have to talk about the variants that are out there and how that sort of mixes in with the picture. But you yeah. know, um, you know, maybe you can talk about you know. So we want to prevent this from going keep you know to keep occurring, right? It's like watching a car accident and letting cars keep piling up.
1: <laughs> so yeah. why yeah. should we
0: be doing that? And what, you know, so how important is this vaccine for our future?
1: Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. You know, and you know, we we look at the people who really suffered disproportionately from this, right? We're talking about black and brown people. Are we talking about people with severe disease. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the people we should be honoring most, a lot of veterans. We're talking about our elderly, who we should be respecting, right? Um, We don't want to lose anybody, and we don't want to lose these people. And I think that the the vaccine, what it helps us do is we want to try and get back to some sense of normalcy, right? We want to get back to being able to seeing our friends and our families and giving them hugs, right? Um, and in order to do that, and to do that safely without increasing the risk of people dying, what we have is prevention. I mean, this is tremendous. You know, as, as physicians, right? We know we struggle with treating people. We have a lot of chronic diseases. We lose. So, if we can prevent disease. I mean, it is tremendous when we yeah. can prevent people from suffering and getting ill. And that's exactly what this vaccines, these vaccines do. Um, and, and the other point about the Johnson Johnson vaccine, remember, they did studies on the Johnson & Johnson in South Africa. All right. With the South African yes, variant. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Right. And again, zero deaths. Dr. Arnold, zero yes. deaths. yes. So you have a variant. And it, it means that, yes, some people may have gotten some symptoms. But they did not get severe disease, and they did not die even in the face of being exposed to the variant of South Africa. Okay, that's another really important point. Yeah,
0: so Dr. Queenso, it sounds like you're saying so. If I go in to get my vaccinations, I actually got my second dose today of Moderna. <laughs> so I'm still living here. You know, I, I tell yeah, people yeah. when I was in the military, I got shot with everything known to mankind. I got anthrax, I got yellow fever, I got you know smallpox. They even gave us. <laughs> you, know, you name it. So uh, those things, uh, you know, I'm still living. I'm still here. It Was 26 years in the military. 10 years ago, I retired. I still have not had any kind of repercussions from that so so you're so what you're from what you're saying i think it's important that um so you you believe that people no matter what vaccines available to them whether it's moderna pfizer or you know the johnson and johnson and down the road maybe astrazeneca they should be taking it
1: that's exactly right you know so in, in, in the Department of Veterans Affairs, you know, where I work, and you can go on our VA.gov website and you can see all of our numbers. You know, we uh, started off by having the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, and we distributed this to all of our VA medical centers, right? And we had to use uh, our, our, our best best methods to get it out to some of our rural veterans and some of our rural clinics, yes. right? And, and and so we have uh, delivered Somewhere around, you know, uh, 1.7 million doses, at least the initial dose, um, and uh, we have about oh 1.5 million veterans, 1.5 million veterans who've been vaccinated, and and so we now have access to the Johnson Johnson vaccine as well, right. and so we feel very strongly uh, as as a CDC, as an NIH. Uh, to be able to use any vaccine that is readily available to you. And it's going to be helpful for us for getting it out to some of our rural clinics to be able to keep it because some of those rural clinics don't have that minus 70-degree freezer, right? That's right. So, um, and, and a lot of our FQACs, those federally qualified health centers, right, don't have some of those same freezers. And so being able to get it out into uh, the Johnson Johnson, out into some of the rural areas, get it out into some of these uh, clinics that take care of some innocent populations, Um, It's going to make a significant, significant difference by using that vaccine, which is easier to deliver, easier to store, um, and to get that one shot in, that will be very, very, very effective. So whatever is available to you in your local area, wherever you are, we strongly encourage it. And as Dr. Arnold has said, he's been through lots of vaccines and is still here. (laughs) We we don't have long-term studies on these vaccines, but we don't have time to wait. Yes. right? We've already lost over, you know, right? You know, 510 plus thousand people. We don't have time to wait. We have to act now.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And you, when you, you sort of triggered a, a thought too, is that, you know, um, we have so many people who have been lost to this. Uh, about 98% of the deaths have happened in people in 50 years or older, but people also may um, exacerbate or make their chronic diseases or even start a chronic disease by getting COVID-19 and not being that's vaccinated. Right. So we don't know how that's going to unfold with the chronic diseases. And, you know, um, you also, you know, I, I was <laughs> thinking about some of the myths that are out there. And, you know, people were saying, oh, they're putting a microchip in me. And I said, if, you, if you're worried about being tracked, get rid of your credit card and get rid oh. of your cell phone. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. But, you know, uh, you know with, with respect to pregnancy, uh, the, you know, the ACOG has said, uh, you know, uh, that pregnant women, women who are lactating, and that this doesn't have any kind of relationship that they can even see or conceptualize at this point of a relationship about fertility. So how, how do you think um, with this um, whole thing, uh, you know, uh, going to medical advice, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, you speak to your provider, and that's advice for any kind of recommendation, right? But what do you think about that, about women, you know, who are pregnant and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we're dealing with, um, you know, uh, this horrible pandemic, this crisis right now. Uh, we want to give the, the best, safest advice to people. And what we're, we're finding, you know, as, as you mentioned, the American College of Obstructorists and Gynecology, ACOM, you know, has, uh, you know, also I have sort of weighed in uh, about the recommendations um, that if you don't have a lot of other immunologic diseases and the like, um, but are pregnant or lactating, that they have not found any harm. In, in using, uh, giving the vaccine is my understanding at this point.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yes, yes. And, and and I think it's important because they were mentioning that, you know, pregnant women have a worse outcome if they do get COVID-19 That's right. uh, during the pregnancy, especially, you know, towards uh, labor and delivery. Uh, So we really have to watch out for that. And then also, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, things going on in our communities where we have a higher disease burden uh, as far as chronic diseases um, and, you know, communities of color. And especially with uh, if you look at Englewood and Chicagoland area, for example, six times the national average for asthma. And what I've been hearing is that, you know, if you get sick with COVID-19 and you get placed on a ventilator with asthma, it can be much more difficult for you to come off. So, you know, what, what kind of systemic effects can this thing do in your body uh, that you're aware of?
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's really an, an incredibly, you know, two incredibly important points. One is, is that, um, mm-hmm. you know, even uh, sort of people who have chronic diseases who are 75 or 65 years old have a, a more difficult time if they actually get this, this, this virus. So the virus, you know, COVID, you know, SARS-CoV-2 causes the COVID-19 symptoms, the disease itself. And and not only do we get that lung disease, that pneumonia that we're talking about, the severe respiratory disease, but remember, it can affect the kidneys. We it can affect the blood vessels. We see yes. blood clots, yes, and our yes. kidneys, as you know, have these delicate little vessels in there. When they get clogged, you can have people with mild kidney disease get COVID and end up on dialysis machines because they have kidney failure. People mm-hmm. who have asthma who are already having a difficult time breathing, who then get COVID-19 in their lungs, um, will have a way more difficult time, one, not end up on a ventilator. And then if you do end up on a ventilator, the chances of getting off are so very small. So that population of people with chronic diseases, heart disease, lung disease, um, kidney disease, uh, will benefit the most from not ending up uh, ill in the hospital or even dying from this disease. And as you know, there's a population that they're studying right now who have long-term COVID. Right. People who have long-term symptoms from COVID. From the long haulers. Headache yeah. mm-hmm. that The long haulers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them end up with, with some lung disease. They end up with fatigue. They end up, you know having these symptoms for for we don't even know how long yet because we're still you know we're still early in the the overall natural history if you will so uh, we really want to emphasize how important it is uh, for that population with chronic illnesses to us seriously seriously uh, please consider uh, taking a vaccine
0: yeah, and people don't have to go to the extreme. I did. I, went, I became a vegan about two, three years ago yeah. now. And, uh, you, know, you know, vegetarians but eating more fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing in your diet. But the things that we do eat, as you were mentioning, uh, you know, ha- very heavy le- uh, meat-laden diets, a lot of fats yeah. and saturated fats and those kinds of things clog the arteries. So this is, you know, the COVID-19 layers right on top of that. So I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what these studies are going to show whether this is going to actually make chronic diseases worse. So if you have an underlying chronic disease, as Dr. Greenstone was saying, asthma or you know, uh, you know, sarcoidosis or uh, you know, mm. COPD, you know, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or heart disease, kidney disease, get the, get
1: vaccinated.
0: <laughs> you know, get vaccinated. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> and if you're immunosuppressed. Get vaccinated.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and and, one of the advantages, you know, um, we have have within the Department of Veterans Affairs, as you know, we've got nine million veterans who enrolled in VA healthcare. About six and a half to seven million of them see us every year. Mm -hmm. We are reaching out to those veterans right mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we that our leadership is uh, uh, really emphasizes that they want every VA medical center who has a population of veterans we be being the largest integrated healthcare system in the United States have access to knowing who's in our system who's in our network what diseases do they have so we're reaching out to veterans to say please come in and get vaccinated with us. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, unfortunately, have had over 230,000 cases. We've lost over 10,000 veterans Mm -hmm. from COVID-19. And we've got 5,000 active cases right now, uh, and employees and veterans in our our system. And uh, we have vaccinated, you know, over 30% of all those people, veterans and staff, right? Mm -hmm. So we're reaching out to these folks. We're reaching out to our veterans with chronic disease please respond to us please come into your medical centers we want to get you vaccinated and the role that i play in the va which is which is making sure that veterans have access also to care that the va pays for outside of the va so we have partnered with cvs we have partnered you know with with um with walgreens and other um uh, pharmacies around the country so that for people who may not be able to get into a VA or maybe far from a VA, because I know you have an audience all over the country, yes. we want them to know, too, that they also have access to the vaccine, you know, all right? So if you can't make it to a VA, it's also available to you out in the community uh, at, the, at, at no cost. So that's just another important message I wanted to give. We have veteran listeners out there who may not be uh, uh, close to a VA medical center.
0: Oh yes, and you're being hurled all over, all over the world right now. We actually uh, right. a world broadcast. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have veterans everywhere, stationed everywhere, right? And you know, my um, my niece uh, Leah Nicole, uh, well Leah Nicole Bowers Apraca, it's her birthday today, and so right. I had to yell out to her. But my other niece uh, Nicole uh, Lynch, uh, pray for because she's doing very well, recovering. But the other medical conditions that can happen that. Um, are also not related to covid-19 and then you this you know having so many people go into the healthcare system you actually help people by not getting sick from covid-19 right because our emergency department's going to become overrun um, and and that actually decreases the quality of care for things like heart attacks. Uh, I was talking to someone about data that's coming out of Harvard and other places. But it, it's it's showing that, you know, uh, you can't dilute your, your, your health care workforce and overrun them with all these cases. And one of the things you can do to help is by not, is by wearing your mask, <laughs> physically distancing six and eight feet, even if you do get vaccinated. And That's exactly right, right. Washing your hands, <laughs> and uh, and making sure that you follow public health protocols even after you've been vaccinated uh, fully. And usually, you get the you know you get the fully vaccinated about two weeks after your second dose. Uh, you know, for the uh, Pfizer and uh, Moderna, you, then you are considered to be in the zone of being fully vaccinated, and uh, and it's about two weeks after the um, after the Johnson and Johnson as well, from what I understand. So, you know, what do people what do people need to do? Because now we're hearing about Texas dropping all their restrictions. We're talking about <laughs> Florida is like light lit up in bright red as far as variant strains. It's a, it's like the leading state. I mean, for all of that. So, what what do we need to be
1: telling people to stop yeah. this? It's still dangerous. It's still dangerous out there. We're not out of the woods. We've seen a fall, but it's kind of plateaued at sixty seventy thousand cases a day still right, right around right. the country. And even if you've been vaccinated, the idea is this. We don't definitively know if you've been vaccinated that you don't get infected, meaning that you don't even have virus that you can spread to others. So we want, even if you've been vaccinated, we still want you to wear a mask, right, to potentially protect others. To your point about protecting other people, because we don't want to overrun hospitals with covid and then you lose hospital beds and ability to do surgeries and take care of other people, right? So we want to keep people out of a hospital with COVID so we can maintain our ERs and our, our in hospital care for other sick patients. So even if you've been vaccinated, we still want you to wear a mask. And if you haven't been vaccinated, please, please follow these guidelines um which still say wear a mask socially distance wash your hands these things are still critically important we are not out of the woods yet we still have you know what 80 percent of the you know united states haven't vaccinated yet for, for those so we still want to try and prevent disease in places around the country that are opening up um and, and re- removing their mass mandates and you know various states um it may be premature um and so uh we want to push vaccination, and I think that's really important. We do want to, you know, our economy is a, is, is in shambles in many ways, but it's starting to come back a little bit. Uh, Senate passed the, uh, the uh, Recovery Act today um, going to the House. That's going to help by getting more money out into the economy, getting money to the people who need it, uh, unemployment, you know, extensions, more, you know, uh, $1,400 for folks. This makes a difference for our economy. People still need to be able to work. If they're going to work, help them. By, by distancing, wearing your mask, and keeping people safe.
0: Fantastic news. Uh, that that, that uh, makes me feel better and better. I got my second shot today. <laughs> the the money is starting right. to flow to our people who need it. Uh, we right. start, and the sun is shining. I can't believe that in Chicago. <laughs> but, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to, you know, one thing, we have a, a couple of minutes to go. But what, what I want you to do is give some, pl- you know, some place for people to get more information from your website because um, I think that mm-hmm. that's, education is the key here. Uh, for people to really understand things, and you educated the public just now and our veterans. And what what is you know yeah. the key things that you want to take home to people? Uh, you've mentioned some very important things already, but what would be your fi- you know final message to everyone who's out there?
1: Yeah, you know, thanks, Dr. Arnold. I think one of the most important things is this. So um, I want to just let all of our veterans know: if you have access to the internet, please use va.gov because mm-hmm. it's the entire. VA system. That means Veterans healthcare, which we're talking about, this, the branch that I work for, Veterans Benefits Administration, and the National Cemetery. We have information about all of that at va.gov. You can get everything I've talk, talked about today is available online. It is transparent. Um, um, as a federal agency, Congress wants to make sure that we let everyone know uh, publicly how much vaccine we're putting out there? How many veterans have unfortunately passed away from, from this? So the message out there is use that website to learn about it and then learn about how you can get vaccinated, right? So you can go and there's phone numbers locally for where you stay, where you, where, where you live. You put in your, your, your zip code. It'll tell you, here's the nearest VA. Here's the medical center you can go to. But please understand, as Dr. Arnold has emphasized, the vaccine is safe it is efficacious, it prevents people from getting sick and dying, right? Um- and and, uh, and and now with the Johnson Johnson vaccine, if that's available, please take that one shot, and you're good to go.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Dr. Clinton Leo Greenstone. You you have saved a lot of lives by the words you just used, and people need to <laughs> listen to you and follow those recommendations clearly. And clearly you're, you are the person that we need in that VA helping us uh, get through this health care crisis and on regular days as well. <laughs> Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you so
0: much for having me.